In today's podcast, we'll be focusing on the Compromise of 1850 with further explanation from Louis Ballard and Tess Cunningham. The Compromise of 1850 was a set of laws dealing with the issue of slavery. The laws created included admitting California as a state. It caused Texas to lose territory, but it did give the state $10 million from the federal government, which in turn created New Mexico and Utah territories, with both territories being allowed to vote if they wanted slavery or not. It then created the Fugitive Slave Act, ending the slave trade in Washington, D.C., and it made it easier for Southerners to recover their runaway slaves. Major people involved were Henry Clay and Daniel Webster. Henry Clay was a U.S. politician who served in Congress and as a Secretary of State. He stepped into the issue of the Compromise to help stall the war for as long as he could. Daniel Webster was a U.S. nationalist and statesman who had very strong opinions about slavery. He believed that slavery should not exist in newly created U.S. territories and that if slavery already existed in a state or territory, it shouldn't be taken away. He won more support from the South rather than the North because not only did he believe that slavery should stay, but he agreed with the Fugitive Slave Act. In a letter he wrote to the president, he even mentioned that the Northerners are not as intelligent as the Southerners and are useless in the sense that they do not agree with slavery or the Fugitive Slave Act. Even though the Compromise held off the war for 10 years, it wasn't perfect. Many proposals were created for the Compromise, but there were really only four major concepts. Thank you, Talia, for that brief introduction. Firstly, the Compromise of 1850 allowed California to join the Union as a free state. The addition of California as its free state caused an unsettling feeling among slaveholders. The status quo in Congress was upset by the addition of the new state, and slaveholders feared this was the beginning of the end of slavery because they could no longer block anti-slave laws from being passed. The Compromise also removed the Missouri Compromise Line of 1820. This allowed the Texas and New Mexico territories to vote on whether or not they would support slavery. This also unsettled the South because the states did not look like they were going to vote for slavery. Because of this, slavery supporters would rush to the voting states to vote in favor of slavery. This was the direct cause of bleeding Kansas events, which are considered the direct precursor to the Civil War. Um, Additionally, the Compromise introduced the Fugitive Slave Act. The Act stated that Northerners had to arrest in return any slaves that made it to the North. This Act was mostly imposed to appease the now agitated Southerners. However, the Act ended up causing anger in the North because they, they were now having to deal with slavery. Finally, the Compromise prevented the sale of slaves in the nation's capital. This was mainly intended to support the North's end of the deal and keep them from getting angry. However, to many Southerners, it confirmed that Congress was on the road to the abolishment of slavery. The nation's capital was now distancing itself from slavery, which was one of their most dire fears. Thank you, Louie. Talia earlier mentioned that many believe that the Compromise of 1850 prevented the Civil War from happening 10 years earlier than its original date. This is most likely true because Henry Clay created this compromise mainly for the purpose of avoiding violence or increasing the dispute between the people. This compromise allowed California to join America as a free state. However, Confederates were afraid that this will cause them to lose power in Congress, which at the time was equal, and anti-slave laws would be passed. To make the Union and Confederate sides happy, the Compromise of 1850 made it to where slaves can't be traded in Washington, D.C., It passed a Fugitive Slave Act, and it also allowed all states in the new territory to vote whether each individual state should become a slave state. Because of the imbalance in Congress and the apparent distance that was forming between the government and slavery, the slave states held a convention to decide what they needed to do next. This event was known as the Nashville Convention, 
and it changed the course of American history. At this convention, many possible courses of actions were discussed, and the idea of succession surfaced. Now to backtrack a little bit to what Talia and Louis mentioned, the Compromise of 1850 passed a law called the Fugitive Slave Act. To go into more detail, this act stated that if a runaway slave was found in a non-slave state, people had the responsibility in that state to return that slave to its owner. The purpose of this was to satisfy slave owners, however it enraged people who opposed slavery. People living in non-slave states wanted nothing to do with slavery, and now this act was stating that they had to assist the slave owners by returning runaway slaves. This tension between the two sides led to an event called Bleeding Kansas, which occurred in 1854. As mentioned earlier, the Compromise of 1850 allowed states in the new territories to vote on slavery or the lack thereof. As a result, slave owners would travel to the voting states to vote in favor of slavery. This is exactly what happened in Kansas. It was predicted that Kansas was going to become a free state, and when the people in Kansas found out slave owners from different states were coming over to vote for slavery, they became enraged. The two groups began fighting, which led to many deaths. This was a very important event because it showed that the people were willing to kill for what they believed in. Five years later, the Civil War began. Thank you for listening to our podcast.